Excellent. So we are on Collins Conversations. I'll let you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. Hello, I'm from Indiana. My name is Ashley Greathouse, and I write scary stories. At least I like to pretend they're scary. I was just reading uh, one of the, you only have one bad review on like the entire internet, which is amazing for as, as much stuff as you put out to only have one bad thing that, like on the entire internet to find. And the I irony of the lady being Karen is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she she went for me, like for my neck, definitely. And then she just didn't let go. That lady hated you. She like, did. She hates me so much. For like the dollar at most that she spent on the ebook that she didn't like, and it was just it was hilarious. Oh I, yeah. I went through her thing, trying try to hope, hoping I could find like a couple other like ridiculous things that she had, and you were like the only author that she just hates. Everybody else is either great or mediocre. <laughs> yeah, she attacked me. But again, like, is she wrong? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, w what got the writing started for you? How how long has it been going? Has it? I know you've always been into the paranormal, but how long have you been writing it down for that people that don't know? Um, I've wrote, written. I hate, I hate words, but I love to write. <laughs> Isn't that weird? No, um, for a long time ever honestly but as far as taking it seriously and really trying to put out actual stories for other people to read I'm almost two years into it so I think I'm like seven months away for my two-year anniversary of being an official author so that's and pretty cool anybody nowadays could be in an official author what was it like yeah. kind of going through the self-publishing and like what was there a certain day where you're like, you know what, I'm going to go sign up for KDP and I'm going to put this out there? I, I was actually with, I was in between jobs and that was a really weird time in my life because I've never struggled with getting or maintaining a job. So it was just it was really weird, a really bad time in my life. And I had so much free time. So I sat down and I wrote Locked Away and I let a couple of my friends and family members read it. And they were like, you need to put this out there. This is amazing. And that's kind of what talked me into hitting that upload button. I, I didn't do it for me. I did it because they enjoyed it. They liked to read it. So I thought, well, other people might. It's a big world. <laughs> And how, how long was it uh, written and finished before you decided to hit that upload button? Three days. So it didn't take long. You're like, you know what? I think I got something people like it. Let me just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. It was three days, but that was nonstop. Like from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to bed, I was writing a story. Like took a little bit of breaks to eat or whatever, but it was chaos. But I needed something to distract my mind. Absolutely. And that wasn't the only story that you got out. You have, uh, I think, five total out now. Is that right? Uh, four right now, about to be five. So that's what's, if we count. what's on the play out? What's coming soon? Lily. Yes. Lily is coming out soon. What can you tell us about Lily? Is it, is it finished? Do you already have it all done? Just have to get the layout or what's going on with that? Um, it's basically finished. I'm just going back and revising every single chapter. I put a 5,000 word minimum restriction on each one of my chapters. There is 10 chapters. So that's exciting. This will be the longest story that I've 
you know, put out there. I'm really excited about that. But what it's about, and this is the question that all authors just hate, but we get so tongue-tied when it's the what's it about. I put, I put a little poll up on my author page and I asked people, you know, what's a story that you want to read? What's something that there's just not a lot of? Is there a certain monster that you want to have more? You know, what's going on? Everybody said, well, the majority said serial killers, that there needs to be a female serial killer. So I was like, all right. And that's what inspired me to write this one. So Lily is a female serial killer who's been on the loose for 10 years, just wreaking havoc wherever she goes. That's awesome. And I'm so glad to hear that it's a 50,000 word thing because when uh, a while ago, I, I think you saw we posted that for Lily's, or my stepdaughter Lily's homework, we had no books here at the moment. I was like, oh, this just came in the mail. I guess we're going <laughs> to read this one, you know? So we started that and, and right around that time you were saying that you had something called Lily coming out and she was like, oh, yeah. I want to read that. It's it's Lily. So to know that it's super long and it's about some gory stuff, she'll, she'll be like, ah, I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah yeah I'll have to do like a kid version like she just like didn't eat her vegetables or something 10 year strike on veggie <laughs> yeah and for some reason too the day that she did your book for homework you were the only only one that picked that one for some reason we got to talk to all these fifth graders and tell them they got to step their game up right yeah <laughs> come on guys <laughs> Um, That's okay. so you, also, uh, you just had a new project come out, not a new, new project, but you have an audio book out now, your first audio book. What was that process like? Oh my gosh, that was amazing. So for anyone who is interested in doing the whole audiobook route and you just don't know where to go or what to do with that, you can go to acx.com, even if you're self-published with Amazon. And your book kind of has to be on Amazon, but they'll explain the rules. You'll read into that and see what's going on there. But it's really simple. You just, you know, put a little bit of your manuscript out there and people start auditioning for it. And that's really neat. Like receiving these auditions of people that want to read or narrate your story. And you just, you're the director, I guess. You just get to pick through them and decide which one fits your story the best. And, and then after that, how, how does it work after that? Do you guys just split royalties with the people that do it? Do you end up paying the people? It's up to you. It's whatever you're comfortable with. You might get a, a lot more narrators interested in your work if you're willing to pay them some money up front. So that's something to think about. It's a good investment. I went with royalty share because I don't have a whole lot of feedback from the Shatton. I'm not really sure if it's a story that I wanted to put that much money into right away without knowing maybe I need to go back and revise this, you know, six months later. Maybe there's something wrong with it. So I chose the royalty share option. So me and my narrator, we just split it 50-50. Pretty excited about that. We've almost hit 50 sales, so I'm pretty nice. stoked. Yeah, that may not be that that impressive, but to me, it's like super impressive. I mean, a lot of authors are struggling. You know, one, two, three copies of multiple books ever. So to hit 50 of one thing is is good to me. You know. Yeah, I'm like, if this is where it maxes out, this is a good run. I loved it. It was exciting. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's how I felt. I put out that uh, almost a year ago now, I think it's been when I put out the Google study guide, I was just, you know, in my office during the winter going through the Google analytics test and working with different authors. And I was like, I should probably learn, you know, what the KDP route's about. So I just did a quick little PDF of all the different answers of the test and put it out. And the last I checked a month or two ago, it was like 60 or so copies of that sold without like anything doing. So like, when you see that little couple dollars come in, you're like, oh, I remember that that was from a book or that was from people yes. a couple of links like sometimes that's more exciting than when like the real paycheck comes in oh yeah yeah there was one month where i was actually able to buy my groceries off of my royalties i was like oh snap it's not happening again so <laughs> <laughs> it might we might get there within that month did you notice that you did anything different or was it a, a release of something new or anything that you could attribute the spike to um actually yes that month was me and you were really working on how to get my instagram kind of you know have more attention drawn to it so i was just doing a lot of the ideas that you had for me i had started my podcast and this that was the segment where i was reading you know just bits and pieces out of my book and that really it blew it up for sure it was cool but I, I love I those like just brainstorm ideas like actually hit and and how yeah. many people how many people i give those same ideas to that don't use them that we get to oh, look at them and be like haha you should have listened yeah <laughs> you should have listened seriously i'm not trying to like rub salt in the wounds or anything but those could have been your groceries i'm just saying <laughs> Colin could help with groceries that's right <laughs> And uh, what is your, what is the hardest part of you for being an author? Is it the writing? Is it the promoting? Is it just finding time for all of it? What's the hardest part of getting that outlet? I think for me personally, it's, it depends on the week. Like, cause I work a full-time job as well. So sometimes I struggle with fitting the time like to write in it, <laughs> in my week, it gets really, really hard. But other weeks it's not that bad and then I struggle with man I need to promote more I'm losing my edge on promoting I'm not really talking to a lot of people so it's just it's the week but all the above <laughs> yeah my, my wife loves all the content she put up at least once a week she's like did you see what Ashley put up no, like, oh, let, me, let me go see what platform are we looking at and it's always something <laughs> hilarious I try I try I haven't done a whole lot of like original memes in a while but I've been working on Lily, doing a lot of beta reading, so just going to the good old Pinterest. Absolutely. For a while there, I was killing it on Pinterest. I was doing like next to nothing, and every article I was throwing up was hit, hitting left and right, and then like all of a sudden, nothing on Pinterest. And I was like, well, I'm not doing any Betty Homecracker shit, so I guess I probably should either like switch up content or just leave Pinterest alone for a while. Yeah, that that's me. That That's me to a T. What's your, with, you're on every platform, I think just about all the main ones. What's your favorite platform as a user and as somebody that's looking for to find new things? I, I love, I love Instagram, I guess is probably my favorite. I get more feedback from Instagram. I feel like I get more support from Instagram. Um, Facebook is a lot of fun because it's it's so instant and there's so many people that's sorry I'm dying there's so many people that's on Facebook and messages that type of stuff is really cool but Instagram is probably where I, I sell the most 
I guess. And um, I don't think you're using it. I don't know if I've recommended it to you before, but I, you're not using any type of scheduling apps, are you, for your posts for social media? I, no, I've seen those and I haven't used any of them. They just kind of scare me a little bit. Um, one of the few things that I really promote that I don't get paid for, which is a shame because I've sold tons of, tons of these, but later.com is what I use for most of the Collins conversations and Colin can help stuff. Um, what I like about it is it does Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. And like I could have the Collins conversation stuff and Colin can help and they both have different media. Um, but what's nice about it too is the LinkedIn bio feature of it. For people that are trying to sell books, I mean, the whole reason to use Instagram is to kind of get the attention there, but then also take it to your website or take it to Amazon or wherever you could actually make that purchase. And within the link and bio part of the later.com, every post that I link has the image there. You can click it and it'll take you right to whatever website instead of just doing one link in bio or a link tree that has like four or five things. It's a much more graphical. Um, it works great. You should look at that. Sounds it. awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into it's that. Like, I, th I have one of the, like the mid, I think there's like one tier above me. I think I pay like 15 to 20 bucks a month for it. But what's nice about it is like, I'll sit down every Sunday and knock out a whole week of stuff. So like I guarantee right. that there's, you know, a post here, a post there. And then I could also schedule all the way out like a year in advance for things, which is yeah, crazy. Awesome. I end up doing like post storms where I'm just like, man, these are so funny. I have to share all of these right now. And it's like 20 different posts. And then I'm dead, like silent for two days. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel. Like anytime I'm doing a bunch of video editing for the podcast or anything where like I get four or five clips ready. And like, I talked to a lot of uh, musicians who it's amazing how they could keep stacks and stacks of music and just put it all in their vault and not release any. They're like, no, just waiting on that. As soon as I get a video ready, I'm like, Let's show it to people. I spent an hour on this. I want everybody to see it, you know? Yes, me too. That's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's where we're, but that's where later.com's coming in nice. Is like, I get that, like, oh, I got to post it. I feel like I just finished it. Like, I'm ready to put it out. But then I'll schedule it for, you know, a week or two in advance and then kind of schedule things around it. And they also have a, a hashtag suggester. So, like, you know, you type in Ouija board and then it'll tell you all the different things that are common that go along with that one. Oh, that's awesome. That's way simpler than me Googling what is a good hashtag for <laughs> that's what I do. Did you, uh, I just put on Colin Can Help a couple days ago, a, a st new strategy, um, little acronym thing for hashtags. Did you see that article? No, I didn't. That yeah, one slipped in my eyes. Let's pull that now up. Now I feel cheated. <laughs> she said, now I feel cheated. I cheated um, myself. We've also got some really good articles on Colin Can Help by Ashley Greathouse for anybody that's looking for some stuff to read. You've contributed, I think, what, at least four or five things on here. Yeah, I need to do some more, but I'm I'm lazy. I'm sorry. You're lazy. You're just doing a full-time job and raising kids and dogs <laughs> and writing books and doing all those other things. That's right. Laziness. <laughs> So yeah, I just posted, it's called uh, The Guide to Successful Hashtags on IG. Let's go right here. I think I can show it to you right now. Share. Bam. Oh, wow. So, so oh, look right there, related articles. 
more well, authors need to be like Ashley Greathouse. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? So uh, the acronym is ACT LEFTY. And the, the idea behind it is every hashtag you kind of want to go through this format. You want to make sure that you kind of look at the posts and go through all the actions. A, talk about the community, the different uh, things like for you, authors of IG or writers of Instagram, kind of pick a couple of those. Go through the time. Um, you know, is it, is it the winter time? Is it daytime, nighttime? Is it ghost, Halloween, whatever? Location, where, where, where's the content at? Those type of things. Um, like for me, I do a lot of Cleveland podcasts, um, hashtags, environment, is it outside, in, indoor, like all those basic things. You're just trying to be as descriptive as possible. Um, talk about the talent. So, you know, either use that as a tag or a hashtag. Tag me, at yeah. Colin can help, but also hashtag Colin can help. Kind of just including all those and then have your own hashtag kind of to wrap it all up. So, you know, everyone should have hashtag Ashley Greathouse or whatever. Um, but act lefty. It's pretty much proven that it works and you get 30 hashtags with Instagram. So out of all those, you know, I think it averages out to like eight or nine or a couple more here or there. But do oh, that that's so cool. good to go. Oh, doggy visit. <laughs> Always. He's got to steal the show. Yeah, I lock mine out. I, I, there's a there's a door closed with a chair in front of it. Otherwise, I'd have the same problem. I'd, Parker always has to have hands on him at all times. Like I could be typing on the keyboard, and next thing you know, there's somehow there's a dog head underneath me. <laughs> that's that's him. And like my cats, they could care less. They're like, dude, just put food in the bowl and leave me alone. Right. We just got a furbo. Do you have a furbo for your dog yet? Wait. What's that? Is that that little red toy? No, this no. is uh, like a super oh, high tech yes. thing. Yeah, you sent me the the link to it. Where? Yeah, it throws it treats, treat. and you could you could check in on the dogs and all sorts of stuff. And like they just barked right there, and my phone just went off. Barking alert. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. That's but so cool. It's Mine would nice, never. Like when you're when you're not at home, and it's just like bark, bark, bark. You're like, what are, what's going what's going on? So you could kind of check in and throw them some treats, or every time a human walks by, it tells you that there's a human alert. Um, there's all sorts of crazy things with it. Like I would never ever pay the two fifty or whatever retail cost was, but we got it for like a hundred and twenty or whatever it was on Amazon those couple of days. Hundred percent that much. I love it. On their lightning deals, is that what you spotted it on? Yeah, I think I just woke up early one day and kind of clicked at the right day. And same with we got the uh, the new um, um, Keurig Nespresso machine. It was like half off on Cyber Monday. Click. Nice. <laughs> That's $200 not worth it. $100 worth it all day. Dude, coffee pots scream when they come into my house. They're like, no, we've heard <laughs> about this lady. <laughs> She'll um, work us to death. <laughs> so let's get back more into you for people to learn more about. You lived in Indiana your whole life. Is that right? Yes. Yes, what? I have traveled. I've been to every state except for Hawaii and Alaska. So, I mean, I have been around. But I've always lived in Indiana. What about Indiana keeps you living there? What do you like about it? Um, I I just I love the sunsets, I guess. That's it's so beautiful. Everything is so open, so beautiful. And it's kind of where all my family is at. So that's a bonus, depending. <laughs> depending on how they're acting that day, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
So with, uh, with musicians, I usually do a, a kind of a rundown of their lyrics or kind of where they're from, kind of the history. So for you being an author, being from Indiana the whole time, we're going to see how well you can do on the, what Google tells us are the 15 best things to do in Indiana. So if they're shit, you could let us know if you haven't been to them, we'll kind of go through them. But if there's any, being the expert of Indiana, tell us if any of these are good places to go to. I got you. Let's do this. Brown County State Park. That's a must. You have to go there. It's beautiful. What, what's what's good there? Is it is it hiking? Is it is just a picture of a tree that it shows me right here? That's it. That tree specifically is the best tree in Indiana. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's definitely the the hiking. It's beautiful. They keep it really really clean. Now I haven't explored the entire park, but. Now, years ago, they used to have, you know, where you could go and get some horses and go on the horse trail through Brown County. So if that's still happening, that's a lot of fun. Any, any a, any, are there any ghosts in that park or any paranormal activity that, that you know about over there? Um, there is a story, but off the top of my head, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get it mixed up with different folklore. But there is something that's supposed to be in the Brown County woods i just don't remember what it is that that kind of adds to the mist what about um talk about folk folklore and old things what is antique alley oh i have no idea probably shouldn't go there <laughs> it's in <laughs> richmond county um not too much about it how about the children's museum of indianapolis I used to go there. So Indianapolis is where I was born and raised. And I used to go to the Children's Museum like every weekend. They're always updating it and changing it. It's kind of like some of the different Ripley museums where they just bring in different things. That's cool. There is like the, the train station. I think that always stays the same. So there's like a train that goes through the entire Children's Museum. It's amazing, like through walls. and That's that was my favorite place. Like That's cool. We have a place called the uh, Great Lakes Science Center over here. And when I was a kid, I thought it was the best thing in the world. And then right. we my stepdaughter, like a year or two ago, so that's like a 20 year gap since the last time I'd been there. There wasn't a thing changed. And I was like, this would be cool if it wasn't the same thing it was 20 years ago. Half this stuff has been right. like disproven as not even science anymore, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Pluto is still a planet. <laughs> And you mentioned there's a train going through the uh, science, I mean, the Children's Museum. What about the spirit of Jasper Train? Do you know about that? I don't. Man, striking out on the Indiana stuff. <laughs> this uh, departs from historic Jasper Depot and allows you to ride in style through French Lick, Indiana. Anything good in French Lick? That just sounds weird. Hey, they make really good wine. Good wine, that's all you need. Oh, yep, I know about the wine. <laughs> what What do you know about the Park County covered bridges? The The Park County. Yeah, do you know about Park County cap the Park County covered bridge? I no, can't, I can't say that. Park County covered <laughs> bridges. That's a no, I don't. Like we've got covered bridges in my area. Um, they're pretty historic and super creepy. But yeah, everyone that we have by us is sketchy as shit. Like they were definitely yeah. made for like people walking and maybe a horse and we're driving cars over it just creak, creak, creak. <laughs> oh yeah. 
<laughs> Every time, just praying. Uh... Just, I just floor it. I'm like, I don't want to be like, I don't mind driving <laughs> on it. I just don't want to be on it any longer than I have to be. I can get behind that. I'm the same way. What about uh, Turkey Run State Park? Anything creepy? Anything good? Anything? What's going on there? Wow, where are you finding these places? Do um, they have turkeys? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I'm just picturing Turkey Run, like, like they have Danger Run in Louisville, you know. So I'm just picturing Turkey Run version of that. It says, bring your camera and explore nature, much like that seen and experienced by the North Americans hundreds of years ago. Um, and then, but we're pulling all these things from the crazytourist.com, their article 15 best things in Indiana. Yeah, well, they could they could be, and I just haven't experienced them yet, so now I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go to Turkey Run, we got some Park County covered bridges I got to attend to. I'm sure you could find something creepy or paranormal going on at, at least one of these places. Oh, yeah. And uh, the last uh, couple that we got, where are their dunes? Indiana Dunes State Park. You have dunes in Indiana? Yes. Yeah, we actually do. I do know about that. Where, where is that at? I don't, I don't know. I just know about it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, my grandmother was a history teacher, so anything that was historical, I was probably there at some point in my life. But yeah, no. And then uh, I think I've read somewhere too that uh, your dad w had a whole bunch of stuff, creative stuff that he was doing too, right? Oh yeah, my dad's crazy talented. I watched the pilot of that, uh, the Cartoon Guy show. That yeah. opening song is the funniest song I've heard it in is. ages. It is it's so catchy and hilarious. Yeah, it's um, the the guy who played the Cartoon Guy, he actually just passed away. So it's it's super sad, but they're not going to give up on the Cartoon Guy show. So they'll, they'll have something and pay him tribute. That's cool. And the last part of the Indiana trivia, just because this place looks super cool, is what's going on at Holiday World and Splash and Safari. This place looks awesome. That place is awesome, except except we <laughs> can't talk. Real awkward, everybody, in case Colin did not tell you. All of this is all natural. Um, <laughs> you will die in the wave pool. I'm just letting you know. That's your warning. You will die in there. That is probably the scariest thing in Indiana, is the wave pool in Holiday World. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's uh, Indiana for us all. So we know we should probably check out the dunes and everything. And where is the most paranormal place that you've ever been, if it's Indiana or wherever? Where was kind of the scariest place for the lady that writes scary stories? Not in Indiana. <laughs> the scariest place was I went to um, Gettysburg. And no, was it Gettysburg? Oh man, I'm so dumb right now. Anyway, I went to one of the big battlefields. That was literally the scariest place that I have ever been in my entire life. There were people all over the battlefield exploring, you know, looking at all the different monuments. But even though you were surrounded by other people, you felt completely alone. 
like you felt completely hollow inside. There were so many different people that were talking about the same emotions that they were getting from being there. It was just, it was a crazy, and I was only, I was about 13 years old when I went, so I really didn't fully understand, you know, what exactly it was that I was standing on, like how symbolic it was, but looking back on it, I don't think that I would go go back to there. It was just a lot of bad feelings, a lot of sadness. See, I have like the exact opposite memory. When I went to Gettysburg, I remember being there for like two hours, driving through a bunch of stuff and getting like a little, uh, what do they call it? Like the junior ranger badge and being on my way. <laughs> oh man, no, we went, we hit every, every spot there. We were there for like three days. It was awesome. Excellent. Except for the battlefield. <laughs> And on the travel note, in like a week and a half, I'm headed down to New Orleans, which is kind of like the creepy capital of the world, I think. Yes. Um, have you been? I have been to New Orleans, but I did not get to experience any of the cool stuff that you're probably going to experience. <laughs> Do you believe in the voodoo, in the folklores of the, all the voodoo magic? I want to so badly. Yes. <laughs> like I, I want, I want to be a believer. I want them to show me something that's going to just blow my mind. Yeah. The last like couple of weeks, ever since we told Lily that we were going to go down to Louisiana and go through the bayou and everything. And I was like, if you don't start behaving. I want to take your hairbrush with me and I want to make them have it into a doll. I want to stab it every time you're bad. I just got to using that as like the perfect leverage tool. Just show her, show her that they make voodoo dolls and be like, hey, all I need is your hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want one, but I want like just massages. Like they can just keep it and just like rub the shoulder every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And um, you, I think you kind of touched on this on one of your podcast episodes, but I don't think too many of my listeners kind of know these type of things. So what can you tell us about Ouija boards? Um, I. I've had some weird experiences with Ouija boards at one, like very recently at my Halloween party that we just did this year. It, it, this was weird. What happened? So I don't know if I believe in all of it or not. I try to come up with logical explanations for these things, but this blew my mind. So we put the little, um, oh gosh, why am I so dumb today? I'm sorry. I've done a million things today in my my brain's just mush at this point. Remember, I told you that you could have rescheduled this because you had an important <laughs> uh, binge-watching TV episode that you had to get into. <laughs> right, you, oh my God, I'm obsessed with that. I need to read the books, really. But I'm always like this, guys. This is just who I am. Deal with it. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, the little piece, yeah, that you put on the board and it talks to you, we put it down and then we like walked away. And we went back to the bar and we're drinking and then we go back in there and it's moved. Moved a like, little bit, a lot of bit, like all the a way around? A lot of it, like all the way across the board. Like, and where, where, where is the dog when this happened? Was, was there any dog tails around? No, no, there was no one that went inside the little witch hut that we built. There, it's actually pretty cool. I, I say this, but it looked legit. Like it was amazing. And, and what does that mean if it moves? That means that spirits are talking to it or what's the significance of it moving? The, you're supposed to have um, different people sit around and all of you have at least two fingers 
on the thing that I can't remember what it's called. Okay. I, I'm knowledgeable though, just believe me. And then the spirits use your energy to move it and answer your questions. But if you get a ghost that can't spell, well then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's funny. Um I'm trying to find a quick what, what what the thing's called, but I think if you don't know and the internet doesn't know, I don't think it really has a name. I think it's just the, the thingy. There's people probably screaming into like the screen right now. Like it has a name. <laughs> well, it's called this. I, I guess they better get on the show and let us yeah. know because educate us. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. I keep wanting to say monocle, but we, we all know it's not a monocle. We know that's not what it is. This is where the Ouija board's triangular pointer comes in. We're getting close. What's the planchette? Is that the person? Yes, that's what it's called. It's there the we go. planchette. Yeah. Just, just need a little bit of teamwork and a whole lot of Google just to figure everything out. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Google, Google solves everything. If you can't figure it out, just go Google or YouTube, but they, it's the same company. You're just going to a different name of the same people. Exactly. And they are super smart and lifesavers. <laughs> and uh, one segment we always do on this are, is what are the top three apps or programs that get you through your day, whether it's professional, uh, work, school, whatever apps that you're using the most? I use, oh my gosh, so many different apps. I write on Word because I'm cheap and it's free for my phone. So I use that and I use Canva because you got me addicted to that. So I, I'm probably on Canva like at least seven times a day. Just I, I think that kind of repaid itself though. I tell that's, that's what I'd mentioned later. Canva's the other one that if they had a referral program, I'd be having, yeah. gro I'd be having grocery money, but they don't. But um, I told you about it, and then there, I forget how to describe it, but there's a filter that you use, one of their templates, like for quotes. And I was like, I saw you use it. I was like, I'm stealing that back. Yes. I told her how to get here. I haven't found that one yet. I loved it. <laughs> I yes, yeah. I actually just retired that one and started with a new one on my Instagram. So that was pretty cool. Have you started using any of the video feature that, features that they have in Canva now? Yes. Oh my gosh. Those are so cool. I actually spliced together um, a video for Bedlamite Publishing using the Canva. Well, some of some bits and pieces from Canva. So it turned out, I thought pretty good. Yeah. I, it's amazing. Like I could, everything I could do in Photoshop, I could do in Canva in like half the amount of time. Like obviously not like touching up images, but like as far as like putting together main pieces or anything like that, it's so much quicker. Or like how I do a lot of those things with like the text on top and then the thing in the middle, almost all of that is Canva, where I could do the same thing in Adobe Premiere, but it takes me 20 minutes instead of two. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and I use Pixart a lot as well. Like I'll, I'll put Pixart and Canva together and, and do a lot of different things with both of them graphic wise and I love it. Where where are you going for stock photos? Are you getting all of those through Canva? Yeah, I'm getting um most of those 
from Canva. I have went to a few like, uh, sh is it Shutterstock? I think I've went to them. Yeah, you usually got to pay for all of those. Um, I've gotten a couple from there. Check into uh, Pixabay, P-I-X-A-B-A-Y. Um, I use that a lot. They've got a lot of good videos and animations and different things like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got to do a book preview thing for Lily. So I'm going to need some other stock videos for sure. And uh, selling stock video, I've started to look into it. It's If you have a camera and you like to do like just random like filming things, you could actually make a decent amount of money with stock video. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to put my kid to work. Go out in the backyard, walk around for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Send them to the woods and be like, <laughs> come back with two hours foot of trees and valleys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Try to get a squirrel. <laughs> They're on high demand. And uh, kids are usually pretty much the biggest critics of parents. Has, have, has he read any of your books? How does he feel? No, he, we were actually joking around with him the other day and we're like, how many of your friends know that I'm an author? And he was like, one. <laughs> like, are you serious? You don't, you're not proud of me? <laughs> like, he, he straight up came back to me and he was like, I don't know, mom, how many books have you sold today? And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's my kid. And that's when you're like, and how many uh, carpets have you vacuumed today? We'll get to it. Yes. Yes, mister. Oh, yeah. But he's read a couple of, um, I try to be really, I don't know, friendly with people in the writing community, real supportive. So I try to help out as many as I can, even if they don't need my help, I guess. But he's he's pretty supportive of them. He's read a few of their books. So that's, that's awesome. He's, he's definitely a little bookworm, just nothing to do with what his mom does. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's kind of a nice little segue in another one we usually do called name dropping. Um, normally, I have a little bit wider things of kind of just the interconnectivity of the podcast. So for you, I've got two names written down. Kind of tell us who they are, how you know them, and if there's any good stories about um, them or what they do. First one is, who is Glacia Kronk? Uh, Glacia Kronk is a fellow author. She has wrote, well, she's kind of got a book series, not kind of, it's a legit thing. <laughs> she has a she has a legit book series, um, The Clockmaker. I've I started reading hers and then I was in the middle of getting the Shatten out. So that's still on my need to read list. It was good. It sucked me in, so that's definitely not why I put it down. You need to check her out for sure. Yeah, she has a crazy story about not too many authors, I think, start becoming an author because you got thrown off of a horse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's she's not much of a, a reader herself. Like, she was, that, that's what I find inspiring, to be able to put a book out that she did, you know, the caliber of the book that she put out, and not be a reader. It's just mind-blowing. Yes, I'm also not a huge reader, even though like I'm very interested in the book things, but in the little mm -hmm. bit of the time that I talked to her on the podcast, kind of just some people you talk to and you're like, oh, this fucking idiot. Some people you talk to, you're like, I am not smart enough to be in this conversation. She was one of those people where like she would <laughs> kind of talk about some things and the way that just her cadence was and just the vernacular, you're like, oh, 
I need a dictionary to be in the rest of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you will not need that with me, you guys. <laughs> We're all following just fine. <laughs> no, but, she's she's awesome, yeah. She is awesome. And uh, the second name on the list is who is G. Edward Smith? Oh, he is another fellow author. He is he's into the creepy stories like myself, but he also has some some other stories that I don't know if I would really classify as horror, but like they will they will mess up your head for sure. Look, the last book I, I beta read for him, which it's all on the hush hush, so I can't give you much description on that. But it is it I don't know, the very end of the book when I got to the last page, I was like, no. But in a good way. In a very, very good way. Absolutely. He's, he's a master of words. And uh, Colin's conversations, people are going to start seeing a lot more of his stuff coming soon. Um, but I think the book you're talking about is coming out in the next month or two, though. Um, I'm not sure. I forget the sure. name of it. I, I'm, I'm privy enough. I'm in the know enough that I should know it, but I don't have the email open. <laughs> in case it's not, the last that me and him talked about it, um, that one he's actually going to submit off for a, a few other special surprises. So I don't know if that one is going to be released soon or if he's just going to sit on it for a couple of years. Gotcha. And then uh, this isn't a person, but what can you tell us about, um, I always read this wrong. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Bedlamite Publishing. Did I say that right? You did. Yes. That was the same thing that I said. I was like, how do you, am I pronouncing it right? Bedlamite? Like, I think I could say it once. There's no way I'm saying that three times in a row the right way. No, no. Um, that's, that is an awesome project that another fellow author started, Sean Vick. He is just phenomenal. He wrote the book, The State, and it is inspiring. Like, when I read it, I started second guessing my own work. I was like, I don't know if I'm good enough to make these words <laughs> sound good. <laughs> no, but he's he's so supportive and what he's got going on is amazing. It's ran by authors to help authors to give you the appearance that you are under assigned publisher. There's a lot of readers that won't pick up a self-published book because you don't have a publish like a publishing agency backing you up. That's heartbreaking, but there are people out there that's like that. So there's a group of us that kind of edit and make sure that your work is the best that it can be for free. <laughs> Send it back to you, help you format it, help you get it going for KDP, and then you get to use the Bedlamite Publishing name. So that's cool. Yeah, there, there's a lot of similar things going on in a lot of different niches, like a, a lot of different companies kind of making what's what they call the incognito page kind of something else that's not quite related to their brand but then kind of then they could funnel things through or share things through or a lot of musicians too it's funny how if, if a musician shares the same song that two fans share the two fans make everybody listen where the musician they're like oh he's just trying to sell something yeah. But yeah, with, with the Bedlamite, how many, I think there's quite a few people working with you guys. Isn't, isn't there a lot of, uh, not staff, I guess you call it, but volunteers? How many people are a part of that? Um, as far as I know right now, there's just three of us. Gotcha. Um, 
that there I don't could know why. be. I saw like, something on their website. It looked like there's maybe there's just a ton of authors that are underneath them. There's a there's a lot of photos I saw somewhere. <laughs> there and there could be there could be a lot of people that's um down to help when they can, but not as far as like being a full time. Gotcha. And you're also huge in Facebook groups. What can you give people the kind of tips of finding a good, um, welcoming, engaging Facebook group? They can, they can all, I don't care what anyone says, they can all be welcoming. It's just how thick is your skin and how much can you, you weed through people that are going to be cruel to you? Because there's going to be some of those comments that get made no matter what you, you post. And you just have to look past that. And a lot of a lot of the sarcastic people, I guess, I've I've developed a lot of friendships with because I I love sarcasm. I, I people call them what trolls. I think that's the yeah. They're they're on every group. They're on every group. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that discourage you because there's a lot of people on the same exact post that you just got trolled on that are actually going to help you out. And it's just, how are you going to listen to them? Are you going to take what they're saying as really harsh criticism that's just putting you down? Or are you going to listen that they're actually trying to help you grow as an author? And that's a, a perfect thing right there. What helps an author grow or what makes to be a good author in your opinion, as somebody that is an author and reads a lot of authors? Um, it kind of depends on the person themselves like what can what can you handle me if someone came at me and just completely which I've had happen several times but just completely criticized me and I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel I don't take well from that I'm one of those sandwich people I'm like all right now here's the part where you tell me I'm nice and I do a good job <laughs> That, that's kind of that's me but that's how I am with with a lot of things I'm very I have a lot of pride in what I do and if I don't feel that what I've done is being presented well or being taken in well then I kind of get sad I get sad about it <laughs> <laughs> so that's just that's just me so it's it's up to you like what 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 helps you? How do you learn? It's a, it's a job, really. So how do you how do you train well at a job? You're gonna probably train the exact same way, being an author or a musician or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, I think that's a, another key point that you brought up there is kind of a lot of people, authors specifically, think it's very hard to sell books and that nobody buys books and things like that. But they're also putting in less than an hour a week to try to market their books, sell books, make graphics, but yet those people that are putting in money on ads or putting in the time to really make their own stuff or to do the organic marketing, they're selling more books. Who would have thought? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> they're treating this like a job? What? <laughs> yeah, it's That's the same weird. across the board, no matter what you do. I mean, marketing or any of it, the, the, the more yeah. structure time that I put in really working on making you know, a flyer to promote a product, that product sells more than when I'm just trying to make content to make content. Or, you know, if you actually have a goal, you actually get there a lot quicker. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. You have to be willing to put in the, put in the work. Definitely. Like I said, it's just like a job. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what I want to try now is a quick, um, I guess we'll call it a game. 
But um, I'm going to say a title of your book, and I want you to give a quick what they call the elevator speech. Kind of if we got in an elevator together, how do you sell me on this book in 30 seconds or less? Oh, God, I don't. Okay, but let's <laughs> do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Locked Away, what's it about? Why do I want to read it? It is about a witch who is the most powerful being that has ever lived in the entire world past present future so how would you handle power like that and you thought you couldn't sell a book look at you go just put it back on you <laughs> <laughs> what about the shatten the shatten is actually based on a real experience that i went through as a child uh fun fact it was also an experience that my grandmother went through, just found out after my uncle read the book, he experienced it as a child. It is a worldwide phenomenon <laughs> that I gave a backstory to because it doesn't have one. That's awesome. And uh, stories told. That has all three of my very first short stories. So if you want to be a supportive person. <laughs> if you want to be a supportive person, you need this book in your bookshelf. Yeah. Who or doesn't have one of these to pull up on screen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just pretty to look at. If you don't want to read it, that's fine. <laughs> $2.99, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, kind of a quick kind of, we'll get right back to the couple other ones, but you also do all your cover designs, don't you? Or do you outsource that now? No, I, I do not outsource anything unless you are the only person that I outsource things to. <laughs> we'll put it that way. <laughs> Again, no, the best testimonial my... there is. I, I hired yeah. nobody except sometimes I, I, I got to call him. <laughs> yeah, I got to call Colin. <laughs> he helps me out a lot. <laughs> um, but no, I do all of my cover work myself. I always find it hilarious that the, you know, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but if you didn't judge a book by your a cover, you would never pick up a book. I literally judge everything off of the first 30 seconds of looking at it. And yeah. I'm not afraid to admit that. <laughs> I think it was the Alicia Caldwell Henderson episode that I did where I came up with this theory where everybody spends so much time on the front and the back of the book, but why somebody on the spine of a book just doesn't do it in a really bright color and it's just like, Hey, motherfucker, read me. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you were just, you know, perusing down the aisle of a library and you saw that, you're like, wait, wait a minute. Well, what is, what is this about? It could have nothing to do with anything vulgar or anything, but just one of, like, some type of attention capture like that, I think would just be brilliant. And just tacos. Like, the book has nothing to do with tacos. <laughs> Absolutely. Just kind of just that, like, because especially if you're walking through a finance section and you just see tacos, what is this about? Kind of, you have yeah. to look at it. I need to save money for tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Get more stock dividends so you could buy tacos. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else do we have here? We just did stories told. I think the only other one is, uh, what's the elevator speech for perfect life? Um, there's nothing supernatural in this. <laughs> a lot of people ask me, do you have a book that has nothing supernatural based around it? Here's your book. I've got it for you. <laughs> um, it's about a mom who has her whole entire family murdered, but then feels bad about it. Why? 
I feel like that should be the whenever whenever your kid's not just behaving kind of like you, you're reading this one again. Just know what yeah. can happen. <laughs> and it's not even a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you just picked up your coffee mug. You always almost always have a coffee mug within reach. What makes for a good cup of coffee? Um, as long as it is not decaf, then it is a delicious cup of coffee. Now, how, I mean, how do you take your coffee? Are we drinking black coffee? Are we adding stuff to it? I start off early in the morning by putting a lot of creamer in it to where it is very blonde because I love myself. And then as the day progresses, I slowly just stop loving myself <laughs> and don't care about the extra two steps to the fridge to get the creamer out. And I just <laughs> drink it black. <laughs> That's, That's where I'm awesome. at right now. <laughs> I think it was, it had to have been your page or at least at some point where it was one of those, I like my coffee dark, darker than my soul or one of those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pretty much anytime there's a good sadistic coffee meme, it, it came from the told by Ashley or, or one, one of your accounts. I, I love, I love coffee just in general. It's have you always loved coffee or is that kind of just been as, as you get older, you kind of just, you need that extra boost. How, how long's your coffee affair been going? It's been like when I was like nine years old, my mom let me have a cup of coffee and I felt like I was the shit. Like I was just the coolest kid in the world. Like this was my wine to me. It was the forbidden drink. And I've just been drinking it ever since. Not as much as I do now as an adult after I had my son is when I was like nothing but coffee from this point out. That's the only way I'm going to live. Absolutely. And do, do you go for iced coffee too, or is it always hot black coffee? Um, no, I go for, yeah, iced coffee. I really like those monster coffees and mm -hmm. the Starbucks coffees in the can. So I'm, I'm just e really easy to please, like <laughs> easy access. Okay. Coffee done. <laughs> right. And you have a pretty basic cup there, but what makes for the perfect coffee cup or coffee uh, device? Is it a tumbler? Is it a ceramic mug? What makes for the best instrument to get your coffee? Um, as long as it's not broke to where your coffee is going to pour out, then it is a good thing for coffee. Now I like, I like coffee cups, I guess. I like that the handle and the fact that you can get them to where they, they're just fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the weird coffee mugs. Those are my favorite. Well, that gives you like 18,000 more reasons to go ahead and support your episode because I still have, since they haven't come pick them up yet, I still have the 2019 podcast awards. Do you really? Yeah. So those are, those this are year funny. we did um, uh, most YouTube video views. So the, whoever had the most views on one of their clips. Um, that one got shipped off to New York for Twisted Willow. They had uh, a thing about welding that did real well. And we did the other one over there is the most audio streams. And then we have the MVPG, which should be your mission. It's a coffee cup slash trophy. That's amazing. But then on the back we have, where's it? there's a the camera. He had a, uh, a nice little slogan on his called uh, fuck shit up politely. Yes. So it made it to the mug. So yeah, we're still waiting uh, to get both uh, cabin and scuff in the same room at the same time to do a little award ceremony. But the, the I'm going to continue it for next year and kind of add one or two categories. But 
why not make a trophy a functional thing? Like instead of like yes. a trophy cup or, you know, I was thinking kind of doing like a, uh, like a 3D printed, you know, rubber type thing. But then I was like, it's going to cost me almost the same amount to make something useless. You could have coffee every day and look at your award. Like, yeah, I won. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Probably MVP, you... Instead of the MVP, most valuable podcast guest. Killing them. That's so cool. Probably people that don't drink coffee just put pins in it. All right. It's still useful. Absolutely. And same too. What better conversation starter than a Collins Conversations Award? Let's exactly. Have, let's have a conversation over coffee with my award. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every single day at work, I would be like, Oh, yeah, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might suck at my job, but I won an award. <laughs> yeah, do you get one of those? No. <laughs> yeah, it, the, towards the end, I was, like, overly campaigning for the Cabin in the Woods episode because, like, I really didn't want, like, because there's, I think, five or six kind of, like, monologues, I call them, of just, like, just me reading out stuff and just me talking. And for some reason, those did better than a couple, like, just about all the, like, other ones. So I was like, I'm not going to give myself an award. It's got to be for a guest. So there's yeah. like two, it was like a neck and neck race. I kept hitting refresh on my analytics like every like two days. I'm like, oh, let's see. Cabin's pretty close. Oh, look, Chevy Gang's pretty close. Kind of like a back and forth. And I was like, oh, this is fun. It's like a game. <laughs> yeah, I would like pit them against each other. I'd be like, yo, dude. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is the Cabin episode was the last one of the year that I put out and he ended up doing the most views over everybody all year. <laughs> so i was that's like oh awesome. and that's why too i was like i gotta push for him a little bit more he came out like two weeks ago and he's already done 50 more than everybody else <laughs> oh gosh killing it killing it <laughs> love it but let's wrap it up a little bit um speaking of podcasts you started a podcast um i think really shortly after i told you you should start a podcast and you i did, did. <laughs> You got kind of two, what at least two different segments that you run on it. Tell us about your podcast and what people could expect if they go check it out. It is a sloppy mess, but you should listen to it because it's entertaining. It is entertaining. Uh, I could totally vouch for the entertaining <laughs> of it. Um, yeah, everything about me is just a mess. Okay. Uh, I, I talk about the the weird encounters that's what it's called encounters with darkness and I, I talk about all the the creepy things that have happened to me and there's more stuff that's going to come in 2020 I'm going to have a lot more special guests even if they're not on the podcast themselves I'll be telling their story so just to get some more content I feel like but yeah I try to logically explain everything too there's that I'm not telling you that I got harassed by ghosts as a child <laughs> but I did <clears throat> that's awesome i think that's the hardest part right there about podcasting is like if you take that drink and it doesn't go down right you're like i really got a cough but she's saying something really good i have to figure out how to not cough <laughs> i'm looking like that was the most am amazing thing ever like i'm almost in tears from like the holding the cough back and you're like oh i love the podcast the podcast is amazing <laughs> oh man that's me all the time like i almost drowned earlier remember that i was like oh wait right. <laughs> absolutely that's but that's professionalism right there we're knocking it out the park we're willing to drown on beverages yes. to make this episode halfway decent that's what i'm talking about that's what you gotta do 
And you mentioned that you're going to start bringing in more guests and things like that. Are you are you going for like the the crazy hair guy on the alien show, or are you just going for people you know? What type of guests are you looking for for your show? Um, I'm looking for anybody, honestly, that you know, if you have like a really crazy story that you just want to share, want to talk about, want to find out if you're not alone in it. You know, no judging. We're all friends here, safe space. But yeah, just anybody. I I want to try to to go and like just meet some people to catch them off guard. I oh oh right. I will say one thing, just a little sneak peek. I am going to a nursing home, and there is a lot of people in there that do not have anyone to talk to. No one comes to visit them, but they have seen some stuff. So we're gonna find out from them what they have seen sounds like sounds like a plan there um i had really good luck the last like month i was doing five dollar a day instagram ads for like looking for um podcast guests worked phenomenal like i'm running like twenty dollar campaigns for a couple other companies against my five dollar campaign my five dollar campaign was killing them so kind of like a quick little video of you i think kind of just saying hey you know, encounters with darkness. Have you seen weird stuff? Kind of just a couple quick questions like that and put those out there. I think you'd get a lot of creepy people in your inbox. And you like oh, yeah. people in your inbox. So that works out great. Yeah, but I there's so many people in my inbox. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, do you go to haunted houses? I think I saw you actually go to like haunted houses, but not like the scare, like, what am I trying to say? Like the entertainment haunted houses. Do you go to the to like the, the people jumping out at you or do you only like abandoned, hope there's really creepy houses? No, I do. I do both. I love going to an actual like paying money to be afraid haunted house. Um, my favorite is, and this is so bad because I have an uncle that runs his own haunted house, <laughs> but my favorite is Fear Fair which is in Seymour, Indiana. It is awesome. And they don't just do like Halloween haunted house. They do a Christmas haunted house where Krampus is going to come and maybe eat your face off. You don't know. <laughs> it's That's scary. Awesome. Um, and the other top three list we'll do for you is what are the top three scary movies of all time? Oh gosh. Um, Right off the top, I'm going to have to say uh, 13 Ghosts was really creepy for me growing up. I was a teenager when it came out, but still it was, I wanted to know so much more about each one of those ghosts. And then when it was nighttime, I was like, I don't want to know any more about them. (laughs) (laughs) I can't sleep. Uh, Pet Cemetery really freaked me out when I was little. Like the original Pet Cemetery, obviously. That scared the crap out of me. And but my all-time scariest movie that I have not rewatched as an adult is Candyman. Candyman is number one. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> I, I think the number one for me um was when I, I don't know how old I was, but and I've spent so little time at my grandparents' house, and maybe this is why. But they had me watch uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds when I was, like, way too young to watch The Birds. (laughs) And, like, ever since, like, to this day, like, 20 years later, like, if I see enough crows, like, sitting across, like, a telephone wire, I'm like, we're not going to hang out here. Like, I like my eyeballs. I don't really want to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. No, no, no. I remember the birds. Oh, yeah. And then my mom went and bought like a blue and gold macaw and brought it in her house. And I was <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you. I think a lot of those old horror movies, like, I mean, we have amazing CGI and amazing, you know, special effects makeup and stuff now. But like some of those old school, like just it was so bad. It was like that might yeah. actually be what it's like opposed to like blood going 8,000 feet an hour, heads flowing 100 yards away. Yeah, they, uh, they're bad. I have not rewatched Candyman, and it probably would not live up to today's standards. But the Rottweiler scene, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Do That's it. awesome. And uh, I think you've seen enough of the things that you might have known this is coming, but every interview ends with what I call the digital soapbox, where you get up to one minute to look dead in the camera and end the interview however you want to do it. So you get whoever's listening, whoever's watching, and you get to make them leave with however you want, whether it's sales, motivation, kind of just gibberish, mix of all of them, whatever you want to do, but you get one minute of whatever you want to do. Starting now? Whenever you're ready. Okay. So, um, yeah, if you want to be my friend, you should hit me up and buy my books, and then we'll become best friends. It's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they find your books? You can find them on Amazon, or you can find them. Colin has all kinds of cool links to him, too, don't you? Do you still have those links? I always got every, every sorts of links. Like we can sell all the Ashley stuff. Yeah, you should always click on Colin's links first. And if you can't find Colin's links, then just go to Amazon yourself and type in Ashley Greathouse and all of them pop up that easy peasy. I think I'm the only Ashley Greathouse. If I'm not, then you know what would happen. There can only be one. As always, I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank the sponsors. I want to thank my guest. And I'd also like to ask you guys to go ahead and wherever you're listening to this at, maybe subscribe. Definitely leave a review. Even if you thought it was shit, let everybody know. If you thought it was great, let everybody know. And I look forward to the next episode. And I hope you do too. Talk to you then.